0: Hey everybody, if I haven't met you, my name is Brandon. I want to say welcome once again. Welcome to all of you watching online. And again, happy Mother's Day. Come on, if you didn't know it was Mother's Day... You got about, man, I'd say about another 40 minutes or so to really figure this out, okay? Get a game plan together, kind of get your plan in place, we just let you know just in case you forgot. Uh, but I know that today is a day of all kind of emotions across the board. We're celebrating our moms today. Uh, some of us are missing our moms today. Some of you are uh, desperately desiring to be a mom, and you're praying on that end of things. And let me just tell you, God's faithful in every circumstance and every situation. Some of you are moms today, and you're trying to wonder... Why you became a mom, okay? So everybody, in every different situation there is, some of you have already had those mornings. Look, I've got a six-year-old, and we've already had the situation and the discussion of, hey, buddy, it's Mother's Day. I know you don't want to. I know you don't feel like it, but that's what you're going to do because that's what Mama wants. And you're going to smile about it, so we're going to get our attitude right. It's Mother's Day, so that's what we're going to do, okay, buddy? Okay. You know what I'm saying? So some of you (laughs) have already experienced that. So happy Mother's Day. I'm excited about today's message. If you're a note taker or if you're not, go ahead and grab your note sheet out of your worship guide. Take some notes today. Uh, If you're a digital note taker, it's on the app so you can use that as well right there at church online. You've got that available to you as well. We're in week two of a series we're calling Life on Purpose and this whole series is really a behind-the-scenes look of who we are as a church. It's our values. It's our makeup. It's it's what we consider to be important. It's why we exist. It's life on purpose. And some people look at that and you can't walk in this building or be a part of this church in like two seconds and not hear life on purpose. Uh, Chris Adams, one of the families in our church, one of our drummers, he first started coming to church and he said, "That's the cheesiest thing I've ever heard in my life." And uh, then he said, well, I was here for a while and realized it wasn't just something you guys said. It's it's something you really believe. It's who you are. And that's why we launched the church, because we believed in living life on purpose, intentionally doing it to the greatest extent of our life for Jesus. But here's the deal. We talk about that, and you go, oh, well, that's about the church, and that's Cultivate Church, and that's a place, and that's a building, and whatever. But the church is us. People, We're what make up the church. You, a church is either what it is or what it's not, all based on people. You and I, every day we get up, we're mobile, we're living, moving, and breathing examples and extensions of who Jesus is and his church. We just collectively come together to do it through the effort of Cultivate Church all together. Because we can do more together than we could ever do on our own. And so last week we talked about some of the things we're really passionate about. Uh, We're passionate about God, we're passionate about people, and we're passionate about our purpose. That's what drives us forward. Today is a little bit, um, it's a little tougher, okay? It's a little tough message. It's a personal message for every one of us individually. So I don't want you to think about somebody else or something Today, I want to give us three things that I think are core to who we should be and the way we should live as individuals. Now, it's not really a frilly Mother's Day message. I'm sorry about that. But, mamas, let me tell you, if you can get your household to live this way, it'll change everything. It'll better be better than any bouquet or any rose I could give you today, all right? Because I really believe that this is something that will change our lives. This whole series is John 4, verses 13 and 14. Here's the heart behind it. Look at it with me. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. This is physically Jesus sitting at a physical well. It's a story, famous story in scripture. If you've never heard it, it's the woman at the well. Pretty simple. you got Jesus, he's drawing physical water out of a well, sitting next to a woman who... Pretty, uh, you know, she, she, she lived a life, okay? She you know, had lots of friends, you know, male friends, you know, uh, married quite a few times, and you know, pretty promiscuous. It's just one of those st- I'm trying to be PG on Mother's Day, okay? And uh, Jesus is talking to this woman, which she's confused why a man's talking to her to begin with. It's outside of the cultural bounds of the day. And uh, Jesus says to this woman, he said, you know, you're getting that water, and that's great. Like, that's good water. It's fresh. It's cold. You're going to enjoy it. He said, but you're going to get thirsty again. But he said, if you drink the water I give, you'll never be thirsty again. Which tells me something that when we lean into God's way and we do it his way and we follow what Jesus has set for us, it's fulfillment. It's where he wants us to be. He's got what is great. Today, I titled your message, Go for Great. Because here's what Jesus was saying. All of that stuff is good, but I've got the great. And I think sometimes the enemy in our life and in our culture, he wants us to settle for the good stuff. And let me just be transparent with you. The devil's not mad that you're at church today. Some of us get up and we say, I'm going to give the devil a black eye and I'm going to church. He doesn't care that you're in church. He does not care. He only cares if you engage with the presence of God that's in this church. The devil doesn't care if you sit and you sing those songs. A thousand hallelujahs. I can't. So I'm just saying, he don't care. What he cares about is if your heart is fully invested in the words you're singing and you're connecting it to your Father. See, the devil does not care today that we're going to read this scripture. As a matter of fact, we know because of the Bible that the enemy, the devil himself, he was a Bible scholar. He knew all the scriptures. He quoted the scriptures personally to Jesus. He don't care if you know the scripture. He only cares if you live it out. So what I'm saying today is, is we could come in here and we can do good things. We can live life in a good way. But until we omit the good and we go for great, we'll miss it. The woman had something that was good. She had water. But Jesus said, I want you to go for the great, and I want you to have me. And so today, we're going to talk about go for great. It's common in all of our lives. Nobody came here to church today on a horse and buggy. Did you? If you did, I want to meet you. I think that's kind of cool. Nobody did. Nothing wrong with a horse and buggy. Got people where they wanted to go for years. But the car's a little nicer in it. Some of you don't smell as bad because you were in air air conditioning coming here. We got cars these days that drive themselves. Come They're getting better and better. We like to go for the great. We, we like the things that make a difference. None of you, I, I don't think, maybe, you didn't go to the creek this morning and wash your clothes on a, on a washboard and then beat them on a rock, hang them up on a line. Maybe you did. I'd like to meet, hear your story. But most of us didn't do that. Nothing wrong with that. It'll get the clothes clean. But, man, isn't it nice to put it in the washing machine, then put it in the dryer? Think about the things we complain about. I've got to do laundry. <laughs> I've got to put it in this machine and have it tumble and clean them for me. I mean, we could be, you know, at the creek. You know what I'm saying? Some of you will remember good old AOL, dial up. It got us online, but baby, I'm glad for some high speed today. Some of you remember the phone cord stretched to the wall, and you were bawling if you got the one that was like 50 feet long, and you could just stretch it across the house. Some of you remember that, but the days of cell phones, pretty good, right? Better than that, we're going to really go for great. we got texting. Don't even call me. Just send me a text, right? We understand. Today, I want to give us three things that I really believe will fundamentally change our lives. Of many of the messages that we've discussed this year, I'm more passionate about this today because I think this is what will shift and change representing Jesus and Christianity that is needed in our culture today like nothing else. And so I have a real personal um, urge for every one of us to embrace these principles today out of God's word to go for great in every one of our personal lives and then collectively we do it together as a church. So let's pray. It's going to be challenging. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the way you speak to us, the way you love us, the way you take care of us. God, we give you this day and we just pray that you change us according to your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if we're going to go for great, here's something I want you to write down. Number one is that significance is greater than success. Significance is greater than than success. I want to encourage us to go for great, go for significance rather than success. Our culture and our lives is built on the principle and the thought of success. As soon as we're born, we are trained, we are taught, we are led, we are pushed to be successful. You got to get good grades. You got to follow all the rules. You got to keep the uh, the crayon inside the lines. That's success. And then you got to get a good job and a good career and a good marriage and a good home and lots of benefits and lots of money. And you got to get the right title and the right position. And then you are successful. We live in a successful culture. We live in. Success all around us every one of us in this room You can think of ways that you have found success in your life The problem is you can interview listen to talk to some of the most successful people And they are some of the most unfulfilled people They are some of the most empty people They have all the money in the world and they are bored with it They have all the stuff they have everything that you and I have been taught to achieve and be successful Yet we are empty the problem is success does not equal significance success builds your life success adds to me success is about building me up success is about what I can gain and what I can get but significance says my life is about making your life better my life is about giving to you my life in significance is knowing I had a hand in making a difference that's why we talk about serving around here so much that's why when a beautiful young girl named Marley can be baptized and experience serving, because it wasn't someone twisting her arms. She just heard that's what you do, and you give your life away to other people. And by her serving others, it brought her closer to Jesus. She has experienced significance in her life. Many of us are empty because we have no significance And the Bible gives us a clear picture of this. As a matter of fact, this is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. It's 2 Chronicles 21.20. And it says, Jehoram, anybody pregnant in here? Ain't picked the name out yet? We can bring it back. (laughs) I'm just saying. Little Jehoram, all right? Jehoram was 32 years old. Young guy. Listen, young, young, 32. Just a baby, okay? Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, when he became successful. When he became the man. When everybody else started bowing down to him. When everybody else started looking to him. When he became the ruler. And he reigned in Jerusalem for eight years. However, no one was sorry when he died. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. What a tragic story. A young man of 32 years old with all of the influence and all of the power. To make any difference he wanted to make in any life that he would choose to do so. Yet, he lived for success. And when he died, he had no significance. And I fear that many of us in our culture today, we are chasing success and we are empty. And we have never experienced any significance because we're not doing anything for anybody else. We're only building our kingdom. And at the end of it all, it does not matter if we do not have a life of significance. Paul put it this way in Acts 20, 24. He said, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Paul said, the only thing that I want to do is live a significant life. Now, we think of Paul, we think of the disciples. You think about Bible days. You think they were just kind of like, I don't know. We we think they were uneducated or something because it was a long time ago. No, this guy was, he was educated. This guy was at the top of his game when he was moderating the church. When he was abusing Christians, he was a scholar. He knew all the law. People looked up to him. He was successful. But he recognized in his own life there was no significance until his life was changed and he devoted it to Jesus. So today what I want to ask us is, are we living a life of significance where it gives life to others? There's a story of a guy named David Sharp. He was a rock climber and a a mountain climber. He was very, very, very well known. He was very accomplished in what he did. His dream, like many who are climbers, was to scale Everest. I mean that's the, that's the big one, right? You're, you're gonna make it to Everest. We're gonna, we're gonna climb this mountain. Well, In 2003 he made the attempt to climb Everest only to begin to get frostbite in his body. Remembering he lost some toes, he decided maybe I'll call it a day and we'll try it again. 2006 he goes back, but he does it a different way. He goes on his own. And up the mountain later on he's found curled up in a ball with his knees to his chest in 2006 he died on that mountain trying to climb to the top Now, the sad part about that is not only did he lose his life but it is documented that about 30 to 40 other climbers passed him by as he was dying as they made their ascent to the top of Mount Everest what's the point? The point is is that many of us live that way every day that we're so focused on the climb to the top to achieve our success that we don't have any significance in the life that is lived along the way. I would much rather be known as the 2003 that I forfeited my own success to the significance to save somebody else rather than to be one of the 30 to 40 to say I made it to the top but somebody's life was lost that I could have helped in the process. Today, here's what I know. Our culture is out of control. Our leadership is out of control. Our examples of our kids, out of control. Why? Because we have a culture based on success without significance. The greatest thing we can say as a church is that we live for significance and not success. What do we measure significance? Life change. Stories of people whose lives have been changed by the power of Jesus. And gives Jesus all the credit. And you and I get to be a part of it by doing this together. Significance over success. Number two, this is so important. I'm going to hang here for a second. Y'all buckle up. Character over charisma. Character over charisma. Now, this is just therapy for me today, okay? Because this is, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you ever heard the term, I'm just over it? I'm just over it. I'm over the TikTok culture I'm over the hashtag culture. I'm over the social influence culture. Because here's what I know. I know that there's a lot of people with a lot of charisma that takes them places that their character cannot keep them. That's the danger, everybody, with charisma over character. And that's why character is greater than charisma. Because in our culture, we got charisma that's, that's, that's to the moon, taking people places that their character can't keep them. In the church world, this is just all I know. It breaks my heart every day when I see latest XYZ, pastor, church, whatever, some moral failure. You know why? Because we've got this drive for success over significance, so we let our charisma take us places, and then listen, everybody, we're on our kids, but you know, as adults, we spend two and a half hours every day on average on social media. And you know what social media feeds us? Every lie, every feeling, every falsified document, every falsified picture, every falsified experience, everything you see, it's just the best of everybody's life. People are paying good money for somebody else to run their social media to make them look all the best. And those overnight successes, everybody's getting those clicks and those likes and all the stuff that we're feeding into ourselves going, why am I such a failure? What am I doing with my life? It's because they're chasing something. The charisma's taking them places that character can't keep them. Let me tell you, this is important for us, because let me around here at Cultivate Church, let me just tell you, I don't have my own hashtag. All right? I don't have somebody, I'm not paying somebody to run my social media. Everything about my life is not a highlight reel. Everything in this church is not our pictures and our faces on posters and, and on advertisements. And you come in here and you don't know who's speaking, you don't know who's leading, you don't know who's doing anything. Why? Because we're all in this thing together. Because we're chasing character. We're not chasing charisma in our life. And our culture right now celebrates so much charisma. And we've got very little character. And if I'm honest with us today, we're giving the church and we're giving Jesus a black eye. Because we're misrepresenting what he ever intended for it to be. Character is so important. Look at this. The Bible says the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. He's not looking at it the way we look at it. He's not judging it the way we judge it. He's not looking at it in the context of what we think is successful. No, people judge by the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. And we've got to understand that we can look the part, we can act the part, And we can put it in front of everybody just the way we want it to be seen, but God sees past it, and he sees the content of our character. God's not worried about how famous you can be. God's not worried about how many likes you get, how many views you got on on social media. God's not worried about any of that stuff. God's worried about who you are in truly, sincerely representing him, your character. Listen, I want to show you something. I want you to write down this this reference, 1 John 2.16. The enemy is smart, but he's not innovative. He's been doing the same thing since day one. There are three main areas that will kill our character every single time. And I want to show them to you. Look at 1 John 2.16. It's on the screen. It says, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. Leave that scripture up there a second. There's three things that's usually evident in every great downfall. In every great uh, catastrophe that you see in business, in church, in family, in marriage, in parenting, there's three things, temptations, the enemy uses every time to destroy our character, who we really are. He said first, a craving for physical pleasure. You know what that is? Sex. Every time. It's this lust for what we see. It's this lustful desire that we have in our lives. If you ever see something that happens in somebody's life, you'll see an affair that took place. You'll see infidelity. You'll see unfaithfulness. Every time in some aspect, it will, you, the enemy will use that every single time. That's why we have to have safeguards in our life. That's why, listen to me, uh, business people, you, 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 don't, you just don't have business lunches. You don't travel on trips with, with the opposite sex. And you go, well, that seems so weird. That's just. So, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb in my company. Well, let me just tell you this. There's boundary lines for a reason. And you may be the weirdo in your company, and you may put them at a a, a disadvantage, and it may frustrate them a little bit, but here's the deal. The Bible says we're in the world, but not of the world. And I understand that I may lose everything else, but if I sit there with nothing, and I'm sleeping on one of your couches, but I've got my marriage, then I won. And I also understand that when I honor the marriage that God has given to me and I put every safeguard in it, God's never going to let any of that happen to begin with. Because when you honor God, he honors you. But some of us are just bending. We go, well, we got to do this. We, gotta, we have this desire, this craving for physical pleasure. The second thing he said is for everything we see. Well, that just gives us, that's money. A desire for everything we see. Most of us work for money. Most of us work for success to get the things that we see because we think that's what's going to be significant. It's what our culture, it's what our world is built on. Money, it's rare to sit with a couple that's about to end their marriage and money not be involved. It's rare to sit with somebody that they're addicted to some sort of substance trying to pack away all the problems that they have and money not be a part of it. Money will destroy faster than anything. Because people just don't have the character. When we, uh, as a church, we, many years ago when we first got here and we were talking to a, a property owner, owns a lot of properties in Shelby County, about some different places. And, and when I told him we were a church, he kind of got a look on his face. And, uh, and I was trying to tell him you know how we believe in character and honor and integrity and doing the right thing and managing God's money well. And he said, sir, he said, no disrespect. He said, but every church in this city owes me money. He said, I've been here a long time. I said, well, you've never met a church like Cultivate Church. I said, you've never done business with a church like Cultivate Church. And I can stand here with all integrity. You can ask. You can go look at books. We pay on time, if not early. We steward well. We don't run debt. Nobody's chasing us down. We have honored people in every way. Why? Because we have character. It represents Jesus well. There's not a dime that functions and flows through this whole organization that is not audited every day that a dime goes out by a third-party accounting firm. Why? Because we believe in character. Because money is dangerous. We'll do things that we never thought we would do for the sake of this pleasure of what we see. Pride in our achievements and our possessions. You know what that is? Power. You ever met somebody who's power hungry? They just want that title. They just want that position, and they'll do anything to get it because they think it brings them success. But there is no significance. Their charisma will get them there, but we've built no character along the way. So how do we fix it? What's the remedy? Write this reference down, Mark 8:34. This is literally your way to build godly character. Mark 8:34. You see Christian character is literally nothing more than conforming to Christ. That's what Christian character is. It's conforming to doing it Christ's way. Here's Mark 8:34. Then calling to the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, "If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me." Here's what Jesus is saying. He said, you've got to give up your own way. There's a standard. Write that statement down. There's a standard. Give up your own way. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter if the Bible offends me. It doesn't matter if culture says one thing about the reality of Scripture. I conform to the Word. I don't ask the Word to conform to me. So we're living in our culture where we're trying to rewrite this. We've got the kids ruling the roost." I grew up in a house. They said, I'm your mama, and that's what I said. So that's what we're going to do. But instead, what we've done in our culture is as the kids, we said, well, we don't like that. We feel this way. Well, we'd rather do this. Well, that's mean. So we're going to rewrite the rules as the kids, and we're telling our father how it's going to be in his house. And he says, you know what? That may last for a minute, but when I show up with the belt, it's on. <laughs> and listen, Everybody. Read Revelations. He's coming back and he's bringing the bell and it's going to get real. So we can pretend like we've won and we've fought and we got the house the way we want it. But when daddy shows up, he's coming back and he's going to fix it. He's got a standard. The second thing Jesus says take up your cross. A cross wasn't a frilly fun thing, a cross was a torture device. It's sacrifice. Write that down sacrifice. You got to sacrifice. My son, six years old, it's Mother's Day, buddy. You're going to sacrifice and you're going to like it. Put a smile on your face. It's Mama's Day. You're going to sacrifice. Living a Christian life involves sacrifice. It just does. You sacrificed to be here today. Let's be honest about it. Some of you showed up today and you didn't want to be here. You didn't. But you sacrificed. And can I tell you this? Every good decision you make builds good outcomes in your life. You sacrificed, but you did it. Anything involving following the Lord, anything that brings significance to your life, it takes sacrifice. The living that you bring home to provide for your family takes sacrifice. Staying married takes sacrifice. Staying out of debt takes sacrifice. It all takes sacrifice. And Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to take up your cross. You're going to sacrifice. And then he said, and follow me. It's the third part. There's a system. There's a system to it. If Jesus does it, then you do it. If Jesus says to forgive, then you forgive. If Jesus says to be baptized, then you be baptized. If Jesus says to serve, then you serve. If Jesus says to give, then you give. If Jesus says to go, then you go. If Jesus says to do, then you do. You just do what Jesus does and watch how it changes our life. Why? Because that's what builds character over charisma. Character will keep us wherever God takes us. It's important. Significance over success. Character over charisma. And the number three, the last, and this is the most important, is spiritual over physical. Spiritual over physical. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a what? Good reputation because they lived in faith trusting what God told them to do it's the spiritual over the physical listen the physical is not all bad nothing wrong with you being successful success can give you a platform for significance there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with having there's nothing wrong with getting there's nothing wrong with any of those things as long as significance is greater than the success As long as the character is greater than your charisma. As long as the spiritual life is greater than your physical life. If you find yourself continually drawing from the well and always dissatisfied, always empty, always in lack, well then maybe you find yourself drawing too much from the physical of the world instead of leaning into the spiritual life, the spiritual blessing, the spiritual plan that God has for us. Living this out is a life of faith. It's saying, God, I give you everything. Every ounce of my life, you've got it. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I may not understand it all. I may not have it all together. I may not have where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. I'm going to walk in faith, and I'm going to trust you in every step of the journey. It's leaning in and going, God, I want to be more spiritual than I want to be physical. I want to see it your way. I want to experience your way. And I want to do it your way. Everybody, God would have us to go for the great. And here's what I know if we all embraced this life, significance, we call it life on purpose. This character, it's being a Christ follower, it's conforming to who He is. The spiritual life, it's just going all in and honoring God with everything that we have. Listen, when we do these things, it'll change the world, it'll change your place of work. You'll change your family. You'll change those dynamics and some of those relationships that are difficult. You'll lead your kids. Their life will be transformed. You'll change the ballpark. You'll change everywhere you go by living this out because it represents God so well. So my charge for us today is to embrace this as the church, as individuals, and then collectively coming together, doing more together than we could ever do on our own to represent Jesus so well. Let's go for great. Can I pray for us today? I want to invite you to bow your head, close your eyes. And our team's going to come back and play softly. Nothing funny or weird is going to happen. If you're new, nobody's coming to get you. But I want to take a second and I want to pray for us today. If you're watching online, just right where you are, I'd love for you just to eliminate distraction. And I want this to be a sincere moment between you and the Lord. And I know today this is a little challenging, it's a little heavy, but I just think this is what would radically change the culture that we're living in. And it would radically represent Jesus well. But the reality is, it's up to us. It's up to every one of us, how we live, the type of life that we choose. Some of you have been chasing and doing everything you knew to do, and you don't know why, and you still feel the way you feel. It's because you've had a taste of success. but no significance. Some of you are on the verge of a dangerous place because you've let your charisma take you somewhere that your character is not ready for. And If you don't make some adjustments, it's going to cause some serious harm in your family. Some of us are still trying so hard on our own in the physical. And what we really need to do today is make a decision to just surrender to the spiritual. I want to give us a chance to do that. But even more so, maybe some of us are in here or watching online and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, and that's the decision you need to make today. So what I want to do is give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So Father, today, we recognize we've got sin in our life. We've messed up. We've fallen short. None of us are perfect, and we need you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for overcoming death in the grave so that we can have a relationship with you. Today, I choose to put you first in my life. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. I choose to make you not only my Savior, but my Lord. And God, I pray for all of us today that wherever we are, whatever, God, you need to rearrange in our lives so that we can go for great, God, that we would be prepared to do that today. That we would lean in to significance. We would live it out with character. We would surrender to the spiritual. God, help us to be all you've created us to be so we can do all you've created us to be. Thank you for giving us a blueprint for life on purpose. I pray over us as a church that we're more dedicated, more sold out to the cause of Christ than we've ever been before. God, bless this place. Let us be different. Let us be in the world but not of this world. Let us be people who represent you well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we honor Jesus together? Come on, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah.